If a doctor is literally telling you that your friend needs to go to the hospital, it doesn't matter what the cost is. If you are their true friend, you would take them to the hospital. Hey everyone, welcome to What Happened with Jackie Flores. I'm Jackie and I'm super, super excited that you guys are listening to my brand new podcast where I'll discuss a ton of cases, both solved and unsolved. Today we will be talking about what happened to Shanquella Robinson. What makes this case so crazy is that what started as a fun group trip to Cabo ended with murder. So let's dive in and talk about what happened to Shanquella Robinson. Shanquella Robinson was born on January 9th, 1997 in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she was also raised there by her two parents. Shanquella was loved by everyone. She was happy, outgoing, and the type of person you just wanted to be friends with. She even still had friends from kindergarten. That's how good of a relationship she had with the people in her life. She was very driven, and she was passionate about the community and about her career. She majored in business at Winston-Salem State University, which is a branch of the University of North Carolina. From what she learned with her degree, she opened her first business. It was called the Exquisite Boutique, which was a woman's fashion line, and she also had Exquisite Kids. Exquisite Kids' mission was to help kids fall in love with their natural hair. So she would go and she would braid kids' hair herself. She just really seemed like an overall hardworking person who genuinely wanted to help benefit the world. Shanquella also had a French bulldog that she loved and brought with her everywhere even to work. At university, Shanquella met a classmate named Khalil Cook, and they became close friends, like very close. Like he would go on vacations with Shanquella and with her family. I feel like you don't do that unless you have a very good relationship. Like I know I only have a couple of friends that I would actually bring on vacation with my family. So let's move forward to 2022, the year this case happened when Shanquella was 25 years old. Khalil introduced Shanquella to a friend group that she would end up going to Cabo with. Their names were Dijanae Jackson, Malik Dyer, Elise Hyatt, Winter Donovan, and Nazir Wiggins. Shanquella was only newly friends with the group, so they weren't best friends, and the closest person that she knew in this group was Khalil. So yes, they were acquaintances, but I don't think we could call them her best, best friends. But again, Khalil was pretty much her bestie, and since Shanquella was such an outgoing person, I'm sure she was more than comfortable going on this trip and excited to get to know everyone else. So let's talk about this trip to Cabo. This trip is part vacation and they were also there to celebrate two people's birthdays. So everyone was ready to go and have an amazing time. I mean, Mexico is so much fun. So Shanquella was so excited about this trip. She and five of the six vacationers all flew in from North Carolina to Cabo San Luca on October 28th, 2022. Now, Nazir was the sixth person that was supposed to be part of this trip, but he was actually going to fly in the next day. Now, when Shanquella landed, the first thing she did was call her mom, Salamandra, to let her know that she had arrived safely. She told her that everything was going well so far, and her mom told her, okay, be careful, I love you, call me tomorrow. But unfortunately, that would actually be the last time that Salamandra would ever speak to her daughter. So the group arrives to the villa, and this villa was insane. They had a private chef, a private pool, and the views were absolutely amazing. And it's even better than the photos. It was a huge space, and had enough room for 12 people to stay there. It was really a dream vacation and Shanquella just couldn't believe that she was staying here and she was so excited for what this trip would entail. It was honestly a dream vacation. 
or at least it seemed that way. So it's their first night in Cabo and everyone was drinking, partying, having a good time. It's vacation, so obviously everyone's going to have that vibe and there's nothing wrong with drinking and partying. Shanquella or someone with Shanquella's phone posted an Instagram story of her that night. Now, Khalil is the one who filmed the video and it was a close-up of Shanquella passed out in a hammock. In the video, he says, we got our first dead body, which possibly was a joke at the time, but looking back at what happened, it's very eerie knowing that this would actually happen to her on this trip. The next morning on October 29th, the entire group was getting ready to go swimming. Shanquella posted another story where she walks around the villa looking for her friends, and she says, it doesn't take that long to get naked. Where are y'all at? She eventually finds all of the friends together in one room, and they're all fully clothed, and it doesn't look like they're getting ready to go swimming. Now, looking back at this video, the vibes were definitely off. You know that feeling where you feel like you walk into a room and you can just tell that people were talking about you or, you know, didn't really want you to be there? That's exactly what this video looked like. Chanquella is walking around the villa looking for her friends who are supposed to be getting ready for this pool day. But when she walks inside the room, everyone just gets kind of quiet and awkward. And again, no one was dressed for the pool. So it was definitely an odd video. At the very least, they weren't high energy and as excited to join their vacation like Shanquella was. So only hours after that Instagram story was posted, authorities documented that a doctor was called to their villa for someone who needed medical attention at around 2.13 p.m. But Dr. Carolina Gutierrez didn't get there until 3 p.m. So the doctor gets there and she writes that Shanquella is, quote, in stable condition but dehydrated, disoriented, verbally unresponsive, unable to communicate, and appeared to be intoxicated. The group apparently told Dr. Gutierrez that Chanquela was just drinking all day and that nothing else was out of the ordinary. So the doctor presumably just went off the information that they gave her. I mean, this group was her friend, and I put friend in quote because they actually aren't her friend and they're just terrible people. But anyways, Dr. Gutierrez had no reason to doubt that what these friends were saying was the truth. The doctor then tried tried to put an IV into Shanquella to rehydrate her, but she wasn't able to find a vein. And that can happen really easily when someone is very, very dehydrated. So after this, the doctor tells the other six that they need to take Shanquella to the hospital, but they don't want to. They insisted that the doctor should be able to deal with whatever is happening to her just at the villa. Now, later on, this group said that the reason they didn't want to take her to the hospital in Mexico was because it was too expensive. But Mexico isn't the United States and their healthcare is way cheaper. Like I've had things done in Mexico before, like I've had illnesses over there and it is so inexpensive compared to this. So that really shouldn't be a question. And on top of that, if a doctor is literally telling you that your friend needs to go to the hospital, it doesn't matter what the cost is. If you are their true friend, you would take them to the hospital. Also, any of them would have been able to afford it because this villa was expensive. So then at around 4 p.m., Khalil called Shanquela's mom, Salamandra, and Salamandra was expecting to hear her daughter when she answered the phone because she just assumed that Shanquella had used Khalil's phone because hers was dead or maybe it had broke but it was just Khalil. Now he tells Salamandra in a very calm and casual tone that Shanquella isn't feeling well because she has alcohol poisoning. Of course, Salamandra panics because alcohol poisoning is very serious, but Khalil tells her that everything is good and that Shanquella is being taken care of. Salamandra is still freaking out because her daughter is in a foreign country and she just feels helpless, but at the same time, she trusts Khalil. I mean, this is her daughter's close friend and Salamandra knows him very, very well. 
well. They've literally been on vacation together, so I feel like Salamandra had no reason to believe that Khalil would lie about this. Yes, her daughter is in Mexico and she's over there without any family, but at least she had her best friend, Khalil. Now, also to point out, Khalil didn't mention anything to her about her needing to go to the hospital or being worried about the cost. Because I'm sure if Salamandra knew that the doctor was telling Chonquela to go to the hospital, she would have just paid for the medical bills. Like, in what world would a parent not just put in any money to help their child? But Khalil never told the family about this. So, at the end of the call, Khalil promises to keep Salamandra updated and just hangs up the phone. And he does call her back several times throughout the day just to keep her posted. An hour into the doctor being at the villa, Chanquela had a seizure and was struggling to breathe. And then things really took a turn and Chanquela went into cardiac arrest meaning that her heart stopped. Dr. Gutierrez called for paramedics to come and they started doing CPR. Then when the paramedics got there, they started doing everything they could to save Shanquella. They did 14 rounds of mechanical CPR, which means that a machine was literally doing the CPR for them. They also used a defibrillator to try and restart her heart and they gave her five doses of adrenaline. But tragically, none of those things worked and Shanquella was declared dead. Police arrived to the villa and they did their report and wrote that Shanquella died of alcohol poisoning and that she died two hours and 45 minutes after Dr. Gutierrez was initially called to the villa. And the police said in the report that there were no signs of internal or external injuries. But what we'll find out later is that that actually wasn't correct. So later on, Khalil makes his final call to Salamandra that day and he tells her that Shanquella was dead. And he's not sobbing. He's not even crying while he's telling her this information. His voice kind of sounds like he has no motion at all. Again, everyone reacts differently to these type of situations. So maybe he was in shock. Maybe, you know, that emotion hadn't hit them yet. But still, if you had such a close relationship to Shanquella where you were literally traveling with her family, you would think that he would have some type of emotion in his voice while telling the family this tragic news. Now, when Shanquella's parents heard about this, they were so confused about how this even happened and Khalil just reassured them that it was the alcohol poisoning but that didn't make sense to Salamandra. Shanquella did drink and she did have fun you know like a typical regular person but she never was a type to get very intoxicated especially not to this level. Now, the remaining group, which we're going to refer to as the Cabo Six, returned home from their trip early. It's not clear if it was the next day or when they returned, but it was definitely earlier than what they had originally booked. And it might make sense because if their friend died, obviously they don't feel like continuing the trip and partying and doing all that stuff. So yes, that could be a reason as to why they left early. But at the same time, they left Shonquela's body there and they didn't wait for the family to get there. They didn't wait for you know the autopsy to be conducted nothing. It just seemed like they weren't concerned about what would happen to Shanquella. A lot of people find this very odd because, I mean, yes, she wasn't as close to the other five people on this trip, but she was very close to Khalil. So at the very least, Khalil, as her close friend, should have stayed to at least try to help as a middleman for Shanquella's parents and to the authorities. I don't know if that's more telling of their character or something worse. And by the way, this is the weirdest part to me, but they started looking into booking flights home 24 hours into this 
vacation. Why did they do that? If they had planned to stay for a certain number of days, why were they looking to already fly home early? This was before Shanquella's death, so it definitely makes you wonder, you know, what was actually going on? Now, when the Cabo Six got back to North Carolina, they brought Shanquella's suitcase back with them and they dropped it off at her parents' home. Now, they also, at all different times, went to the parents' house to speak to the family. Salamandra still didn't believe Shanquella died from alcohol poisoning, so she asked them about what happened. Now, they all kind of stuck to the same overall story, but there would be little details that were different from person to person. Like, for example, one person would say that Khalil was the one that called 911, but then another person would say that a different friend called. So it was kind of confusing because how could they not get this information correct? If Khalil was the one that called 911, then everyone should know that Khalil did it. But there was just some information that didn't match up and Salamandra thought that this was very odd. To add to this, Salamandra got an anonymous call from someone who said that Shanquella was assaulted on the trip and that her death wasn't an accident. Okay, well, that is some very shocking news. Also, since Shanquella's death, both of her parents have been totally in the dark and were only able to go off what the friends were saying. Shanquella's dad, Bernard, had been trying to get the extradition process started so that they could get Shanquella's body back and start, you know, making arrangements for her funeral, but he wasn't able to speak to anyone at the villa or in Mexico. You know, there was a language barrier and that wasn't helping the situation. He had been calling the villa and the authorities multiple times until he finally got through to someone who spoke English. And that person told him that Shanquella didn't die from alcohol poisoning. She died because her neck was broken. I know, it's just so shocking and I cannot even imagine what Shanquella's family was thinking in that moment. All of these so-called friends were telling them that it was alcohol poisoning, but in reality, it wasn't. To add to the shocking news, a video started circulating around the internet and it went pretty viral. The video is being filmed by Khalil and this was taken on October 29th, the day Shanquella died. In the video, Shanquella is naked and being beaten by one of the girls on the trip. Shanquella doesn't fight back in any way. It looks like she was trying to stop the assault and to protect herself, but the attacker just wouldn't stop. And the video isn't very clear, but people think that the attacker is Dijonay. The rest of the friends are in the video just watching. This video is very traumatizing and I remember when it went viral on Twitter and that's actually how I found out about this case in the first place. Now, as you continue watching the video, at one point, you can also hear Khalil say, Quella, can you at least fight back? Um, can you at least try to save your friend? Like I said, this is so weird because Khalil was her best friend. They were so close, but he's there watching his friend get beat and he's not doing anything about it. Now, anytime he would ask Shanquella to fight back, she would just say no. Now, the reason she was naked might have been because they were supposed to go skinny dipping or swimming. Because remember, in the video that Shanquella had posted on her story, she was asking the group, how long does it take to get naked? So the speculation is that after she filmed that story, she went back to her room to change. And while she was doing that, the others came inside her room and they pretty much jumped her. It's also been speculated that the whole thing was planned out and that not just moments before, but some people believe that they had planned the trip with the intention of assault and maybe even murdering Shanquella, which I don't understand how you would be able to get six people on board for this entire thing. Like, how could they all just collectively agree to go to Mexico, assault Shanquella, and possibly murder her? On top of that, why would Khalil ever agree to this? I also don't understand why this video was filmed in the first place and why it was released. Who did Khalil send this video to? I mean, who had access to it? It's just crazy that they literally captured Shanquella getting assaulted and just posted it or shared it as if it was nothing.
nothing. Now, apparently, there's a second video that authorities have where Winter joins in and also physically assaults Shanquella, but that video has not been released to the public, and we're not really sure how accurate that statement is. Also, there's been no evidence that anyone on the trip, Shanquella included, was in any way romantically involved with each other. So it seems like this wasn't a romantic jealousy thing. Not that that would be any type of excuse. I just wanted to point it out because there really seems to be no motive. I mean, a lot of people are looking at this and are just so confused as to why anyone would want to do this. Now, because the video of the attack went so viral, the FBI and the Mexican higher authorities got involved. Before that, there wasn't even a murder investigation happening because Shanquela's cause of death on police reports was still listed as alcohol poisoning. Shanquela's parents were able to get an English copy of the full death certificate and autopsy, and they didn't match what police at the scene had written like at all. The autopsy report said that Shanquella died at 3 p.m. and it also said that an injury or trauma happened to her body, causing her body to start shutting down and 15 minutes later, she was dead. But other than the cause of death being different than the on-scene reports, the time was also different. The doctor had arrived at around 3 p.m. and paramedics didn't get there until 4 p.m. So there is some type of speculation that the doctor is lying and that the on-scene police are also lying. But it's just very confusing because why would they do that? Like, I actually can't think of a logical reason. And I know that cops in Mexico are corrupt and that things can happen, but none of this makes any sense. So the cause of death in the autopsy was listed as a severe spinal cord injury, specifically in the atlex luxation, which is at the highest point between the spine and the skull. So 15 minutes after that injury happened, Shanquella was dead. Also in the autopsy report, there was no mention of alcohol or intoxication, meaning that it wasn't even relevant to her cause of death, which again is crazy because the Cabo Six continues to claim that her death was alcohol poisoning. Also, in the autopsy, it was reported that Shanquella had a bloodshot and swollen eye, a bump on her head, and that her lip was cut open and swollen. And of course, after the Robinsons find out all of this information, suddenly no one from the Cabo Six talks to them ever again. Before, they were visiting the family and offering their condolences, but now they were silent. On November 20 1st, 2022, the Mexican authorities published the police reports made by police at the scene of Shanquela's death. So this report had the written statements of Dr. Gutierrez and two police officers. In this report, it said that she died from a seizure that was caused by alcohol poisoning and that she passed away closer to 6 p.m. So yeah, things just aren't adding up. I guess something that is confusing to me is that the Cabo Six called for a doctor at 2 p.m. and Shanquela's injury that caused her death happened 15 minutes before 3 p.m. So did they continue to assault her knowing that the doctor was on the way? Or who knows, maybe that phone call timeline was also a lie. Now, another thing in the timeline that's not adding up is Nazir's public statement. He got to Mexico the day of Shanquela's death, and he says that when he arrived at the villa at 3.30 p.m., he saw that Shanquela wasn't feeling well and that he gave her words of affirmation, and he also stroked her hair to make her feel better. So this timeline doesn't work with the autopsies or with the police reports. Now, what makes this series of events confusing is that if he actually didn't get there until 3.30 p.m., he wouldn't be guilty of a crime. So why is he lying about this? 
Everything was just so odd in the investigation, and 25 days after Shanquela's death, the Attorney General of Mexico officially announced the arrest warrant for the arrest and extradition of an American citizen, but just for one person who actually hasn't been named. All we know is that it was an American woman, but we don't know if she's actually been arrested yet. It's speculated that this person is Dijanay since in the video, she was the main attacker. Now, if this woman or any of the Cabo Six are ever found guilty, for Shanquela's death, they could face up to 40 to 60 years in prison in Mexico, which honestly is very frightening. I'm sure many of you guys have heard about how prison and jail is in Mexico. It's very scary and different than how it is in the U.S. So if they do get convicted of that and serve their time in Mexico, that is definitely a way more aggressive and intense punishment than doing it in the U.S. Now, it's still not clear if the Cabo Six will also be charged in the U.S., but it's not totally out of the question. U.S. authorities would just have to wait to get all the evidence from Mexican authorities before they could move forward with something like that. Now, Salamandra has made a statement that she is hoping that all six will be sent back to Mexico so they can all be charged because they were all involved. In cases like these, ones that were basically brushed under the rug until there was so much public outrage, it is so important to keep talking about them and to keep demanding justice. I honestly feel like if that video hadn't gone viral on social media, maybe the FBI would have never gotten involved. Again, at this point, people were still thinking that it was just alcohol poisoning. But once that video was released and once there was proof that Shanquela was attacked, the FBI stepped in and hopefully we can keep that momentum going and something can change. Unfortunately, police systems sometimes only react when there's so much public pressure and scrutiny, so we can all help this case continue to move forward if we refuse to forget about it. Let's keep the momentum going, and my thoughts and prayers go out to Shanquela's family, and I truly hope that you all find justice soon. It's so heartbreaking that this happened to her. I mean, she was so excited about going on this trip. She was so excited about being in Mexico in this beautiful area, in this beautiful villa, and then something terrible had to happen to her all because of her so-called friends. But all right, you guys, that is pretty much everything that I have for today's episode. I will definitely keep you guys posted. And don't worry, I do have a new case coming next week. Thank you guys so much for listening and for watching. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review What Happened wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Pass Your Bedtime on YouTube for full episodes. You can find me on Instagram at the Jackie Flores and on TikTok at True Crime Jackie. Thank you guys again so much for being here and I will see you guys next time. Bye guys.